Hello, I'm Mike Stranks, and this is the CMS Audio Mission Prayer Focus for June 2013. As usual, for the next 20 minutes or so, we'll be meeting three people linked with CMS to hear something about them and to use that information to help focus our prayers. This month, we start by learning something of an exciting initiative and link between a primary school in the UK and a school in South Sudan. Steve Burgess is CMS's Transcultural Mission Manager for Africa, and he told Sarah Holmes all about it. I was approached by the Reverend Nicholas Pye of um, St Paul's Church in Finchley. And uh, St Paul's, the parish, is linked with St Mary's School in Finchley. And the, the school is celebrating its 100th anniversary. So they've, as part of that, they wanted to raise funds to support a building project in somewhere in Africa. And to cut a long story short, we identified a school in Maridi Diocese in South Sudan called Bilali School. And this was chosen by the Bishop of Maridi Diocese. We wanted to find a school which was needy and where it would be possible to build a link between a school in the UK and a school in South Sudan. So. The purpose for St Mary's School in Finchley is as a gift offering because they're celebrating a hundred years. But also we said, how do we develop this into more than just doing a building? How do we develop this into a partnership? So I visited the school in South Sudan. Indeed, it's quite a remote place. It's 17 miles from Maridi, down what would be best described as a farm track. and deteriorated into a farm footpath in places. The school was started in the 1940s by CMS missionaries, we were told, under a mango tree. In 2009, this area of Maridi Diocese was invaded by the LRA from northern Congo, and with the consequence that the people fled. They moved back to Maridi town for safety. And so, at the moment, the, the challenge for the diocese is how do we resettle the people now that there is peace? How can the primary school be helped to develop? Because the only building at the primary school, the building I saw, was a tin shed with no walls. It was just a tin roof on, on um, poles. And they have about 70 children at the moment. Before the trouble with the LRA, there were 250 children or something like that. So rebuilding some proper classrooms will give the community hope and it will enable the resettlement again of the people from Maridi to go back and live on their farms. The farming land there is good and they'll be able to grow crops and have a sustainable livelihood. So now we're at the stage of St Mary's Primary School in Finchley have begun fundraising. I went to visit them after going to Maridi and talked about Bilali School and shared with them the story and the enthusiasm of the people in Maridi and they were more enthusiastic. The other thing, I did say that the, the, um, the road down to the school is just a farm track. The local government are recognising that now there is peace in that area, they may reopen that road again and make it easier to access that part of south of Maridi Diocese. So this is a, a good project and we hope it will bear fruit and people can you know, learn from each other through this. 
How much is the school in Finchley hoping to raise? Ten to twelve thousand pounds, probably, and the cost of one classroom is about about that. So the, the aim is to build at least one classroom this year, and then we don't know what will happen in the future. It may be that other partners will come alongside and help with the building in the future to build more classrooms. For a primary school, you need eight classrooms. However, we do hope that there will be a partnership developed so that there can be an exchange of news and information and even visits by the school, between the schools in some way. So it's not just about the building. Steve Burgess explaining how the desire of a school in Finchley to raise some Thanksgiving funds to be used for education in another continent may have even more beneficial results than had first been considered. Let's thank God for the vision that wanted to raise funds and use them as we've heard, for the way that the fundraising is exceeding expectations and for the potential links that are opening up. Let's also pray that the money will enable education to develop in the village and that perhaps a deeper interest in Christian mission may be raised in some of the children in Finchley. Our remaining two interviews in this prayer focus are concerned with Peru. In a few minutes, we'll be hearing from a mission partner in training who will be going to Peru, but first we'll meet Pat Blanchard, an Anglican priest in Lima who's been using arts and crafts to engage particularly with local children with special needs. Pat met Jeremy Woodham and explained how the Shalom Centre and its craft activities are really helping people. I think lots of them have made progress with one young lad who, who's um, 26 with very severe, quite severe learning difficulties, but he, um, before his mother used to bring him down to the Shalom Centre and he would, you know, to come and paint and be involved, but now he comes on his own. We've got another lady who comes in a wheelchair and often he offers push her home and then he goes home to himself, you know, so in talking to Junior's mother, you know, he's, he's, she's very happy that he's become far more independent. In the mornings between 10 and 12, we have a, a creative time doing things where they just come down and help do things or make things or prepare things and just have a space where they can come. Um, there's so many stories of different people. There's Brenda, who also has been doing great artwork. And I got some art books out. We had a, a session on different artists and they were, they were learning about the history of art and I particularly like the Impressionists, so we'd got the Impressionist book out. And Rosso, who's one of the mothers, her son's got cerebral palsy, and they come and paint together. And um, I showed her this picture of Monet, and she'd painted on one of the crosses, the wooden crosses, this wonderful picture of, of, of purples and lilacs, this beautiful representation of a Monet garden. And uh, I took it to a church the other day and just went like, oh, that's beautiful, you know. <laughs> and she just really captured that. And so... To see Rosa's creativity coming, flourishing, you know, she's lived in the Shantytown all her life, uh, earns washing people's clothes, but she has this great talent within her for colour and design that, you know, would never, you would never have known was there, but she's great, just some great, wonderful design. So working and painting, she earns some money and also, you know, people are encouraged by her creativity and so she encourages other people beginning it was where they wanted to copy something because that's what the artwork is like they all copy and they do the same thing but there is a there is a creative part of all of us and i always say to them there's no wrong answer you know you can't get it wrong you, know, you can and, just create something beautiful you know and is that a pattern you see quite often i imagine there's a lot of the 
children with disabilities discovering that they can do things they didn't think they could do and similarly with the parents yes i mean you know just giving them i like recycling and so we just i just sort of put loads of stuff out and they say what should we do they just just you decide or we sometimes think about a bible verse or put some music on and out there um that whole thing of creative thinking and being your own person it's not very well encouraged. I mean, the children in, in, in schools, you know, on Mother's Day, they all make exactly the same things, being prepared by the teacher usually, you know, all cut out the same colour, all stuck in the same way. And I think it takes a time for parents to appreciate perhaps some of the, you know, expressive art that they, our children take home. But, you know, they're just thrilled that their child's done it. And they walk out proudly with this lovely, you know, decorated object that's going to hang in their house and have pride of place. And also be a symbol of you know, the the cross of Christ that you know brings healing and salvation to all of us, no matter what our disability or no matter what society thinks of us. It's interesting you've you've mentioned the making crosses there. You mentioned reflecting on Bible mm. verses. I was about to ask you how faith and how Christ is woven through what you do. Mm. I mean, they know that we're Christians, and that's the reason we've started the Shalom Centre. We have a Bible verse every week that we put on the, the notice board. We have a Bible study on a Thursday. People from the church come along, but also mothers who are, have their therapy, children in therapy are asked to join in. And often if I'm, you know, we're there, we chat to people and pray with people. Mark starts some impromptu singing or an impromptu art thing based on a Bible verse. If, there is, if I see there's a group of people there... Sometimes the mothers come in and just want to lay, go to sleep, and that may be great for them because <laughs> they're very tired, you know, busy people. But just making every opportunity of being together, encouraging people and giving them a space to really just share their concerns. I mean, it's very hard having a child with special needs where there's no other support. Everybody stares at you. Don't People don't understand. They think it's contagious. They shun you. They look strange at your child. And... Um, it's very hard, but Shalom gives a centre where they all come together. And it's part of it as well is lovely is when the other mothers all share together and they can be a help to one another. You know, so somebody, Lydia, who's a great a member of our church, is is a wonderful just to, to say, you know, well, my daughter was like this and I really prayed and now we're part of the church and I just see so much improvement. God's really helped me. And their testimony gives hope to other mothers. Let's give thanks for Pat and all that's been achieved already at the Shalom Centre. Let's also pray for its future and that its kingdom values will be increasingly evident to those who visit. And so we turn from a very experienced mission partner to someone who's just embarking on that exciting adventure. Anna Sims has a background and training in using art creatively with children and over the past few years has become aware of God's call to full-time mission service. Having sought to test her call on a short-term Christian placement in Guatemala, Anna is currently studying at Redcliffe College in Gloucester. Then she'll be off to Peru. When I spoke with Anna on the telephone, I asked her why she'd wanted to go to Bible College. When I came back from Guatemala, I realised that I wanted... There's a number of areas that would have been really helpful to spend some time studying. And so that was part of what I wanted to achieve from going to Bible college. So what are you doing at college then? My college course is a year course um, specifically for um, people that have been working in various different industries and are now hoping to go into um, full-time uh, Christian ministry in a cross-cultural setting. So my course covers 
um, a number of dis- different aspects. It um, has some modules, some theological modules, um, biblical modules, and then also looking at more practical things. And um, also one of the focuses is the relationship with each individual with God. So we do modules that sort of make give us time out to think about that as well. And are you getting a lot out of this course? Yes, it's it's brilliant. I'm finding it very stretching and very challenging, but I'm um, thriving on it. I love it. And I think because it's in, in a community setting, we um, live together and study together and worship together. And I just get so much out of the different um, variety of people that are on the course and the different backgrounds and perspectives that each student and the lecturers bring to the different topics. You've mentioned that it's a one-year course, so what happens at the end of the one year? Well, I'll be finishing the course at the end of June, and then I haven't got a final um, departure date with CMS yet. That's something I'm still talking through. But hopefully the plan is that I'll be going to Peru um, in July or sometime in the summer after I finish my course. And what will you be doing in Peru? So I'll be working with um, the various different churches in Lima, and I'll be, to start with, I'll be doing some language study and also getting a feel for the projects that are already happening and also so that the, the, the team in um, Lima can get a feel for me. And then the plan is that I'll be using sort of the art and creativity um, in workshops with children and families and women um, in the communities that the churches are working with. So three or four months to go have you got that feeling of yes i'm on the way or Ooh-er. <laughs> i think it's a bit mixed i think because I've, I've been sort of it feels like it's been leading up to this for quite a while and um, it was a bit of a shock in january when i suddenly when people were asking what i was up to i started saying oh yes i'm going to prove this year <laughs> um and i think it's it's a mixture i'm really excited about um the next stage and about going back to Latin America but I also realise how much work it's going to be and how challenging it's going to be and I'm really trying not to just focus on what's happening in the future but trying to just get out as much as I can out of each day and live my life each day in the moment. As you prepare to go what would you like us to be praying for for you? Um, Thank you there's a few things that I would really appreciate prayer on. Um, I think the first one is just um, time and space to apply what I'm learning because I'm learning so much every day at college and I haven't always got the necessary time to process things and I know some things I want to focus on at the moment and some things will come in useful later on but it's really about focusing on my relationship with God and keeping that as the priority and applying learning to that rather than studying for studying's sake. I would also appreciate prayer uh, that my trust and faith in God would deepen and my relationship with God would um, deepen and flourish. And finally, my other prayer would be just for the logistics. Um, as you've mentioned, I'm going to be packing up and moving somewhere new. So just for all those logistics to do with sort of tying up the loose ends at this end and then also for the move out to Peru. Anna Sims, new CMS mission partner, with her prayer requests as she prepares to go to Peru to serve God and the church using her skills in art and craft. Let's also give thanks that people still hear God's call to full-time mission work 
and pray for those CMS staff who seek to support and guide people as they explore and prepare for mission service. Our reflection this month comes from Joe Hazelton, Regional Personnel Officer for Latin America. This edition of Audio Missions celebrates partnerships where God is at work. We heard Steve's stories of the partnership between a diocesan school in Maridi, South Sudan, and a UK school. And we heard of Anna's plans for partnership projects between different churches in Lima, as well as in Pat Blanchard's tales of building up partnerships between local churches and their communities. A couple of years ago, I was lucky enough to be able to visit the Shalom project Pat Blanchard coordinates in Lima. It was a privilege to witness firsthand the difference that partnership within this community was making in challenging the local society's preconceptions about disabilities by involving as many people as possible in a fundraiser and inviting the local community to take part. There are a number of partnerships in the Bible where support and solidarity is a key element in the story. One of my favourites is that of Naomi and Ruth. Ruth gives up everything to stay with Naomi and walks with her as an equal partner into an uncertain future. Once they have arrived in Judah, Naomi uses her connections and her wisdom to help Ruth to make the most of the opportunities available, and Ruth is able to use these opportunities to help Naomi. The two women work well as a team and complement each other's gifts and skills. But it is the other key element, their partnership with God, which ensures that Ruth goes on to become an important part of Jesus' ancestry. Through telling us their stories, Stephen Burgess, Pat Blanchard and Anna Sims have shared their desire to be involved in God's partnerships, shared spaces where his kingdom is being built up through building relationships and mutual acceptance, spaces where Jesus can be shared and lives can change. God knows which partnerships will be best for us and which will bring him glory, but the first thing he asks of all of us is to spend time nurturing our partnership with him. As usual, our reflection concludes this CMS Audio Mission Prayer Focus. So this is Mike Stranks on behalf of all at CMS, thanking you for your interest and your prayers. Goodbye for now.